This is the Timepieces History Podcast, where each bite-sized show shares the story of a place, person or object from the past. Here's your host, Gudrun Lorette. Welcome to episode 10 of the first season of the Timepieces History Podcast. I wanted to look today at one of Britain's most interesting and controversial figures, Oliver Cromwell. His ancestor Thomas has been in the media a lot over the last few years, with Hilary Mantel's trilogy of his life and death winning prizes, and the TV adaptation of her novels dominating the small screen. Oliver played an an equally important part in shaping the country, so I thought we should look at him. Cromwell was born in a well-to-do family. His father had worked for Queen Elizabeth I and ensured that his son was well educated. Oliver went to the local grammar school, spent some time at Cambridge, and had a short spell at Lincoln's Inn. Events in the first 40 years of his life are mostly unknown, although we do know that he converted from Protestantism to become a Puritan in the 1630s. It was this fervent religious belief that played a significant part in the rest of his life. Cromwell was convinced that God was helping him to victory. He was elected Member of Parliament for Huntingdon in 1628 and for Cambridge in the short and long parliaments. The short parliament sat for only three weeks in 1640, having been convened by King Charles I to raise funds for his fight with Scotland over the governance of the Church of Scotland. When this was unsuccessful, the parliament was dissolved and the one which replaced it later in 1640 sat for nine years. Two years later, civil war broke out between Charles's supporters, who were known as the Royalists or the Cavaliers, who wanted him to have absolute power, and the Roundheads, so-called because of the Puritan fashion of having their hair cropped close around the head, who wanted Parliament to have greater control. Cromwell, who had spent much of his life as a landowner and a family man, the death of his father left him responsible for his widowed mother, seven unmarried sisters, and later nine children of his own. He then discovered a talent for leading troops, becoming second in command for the largest regional army, the Eastern Association, and then holding the same position in the newly formed New Model Army in 1645. In 1649, Cromwell was among the signatories on the death warrant of Charles I and played a key role in the Rump Parliament that followed. The Rump oversaw the abolition of the monarchy and the brutal treatment of the country's Catholics. However, Cromwell quickly became disillusioned with the Rumpers, as they were known, and the Barebones Parliament that came after. It was after the execution of Charles that Cromwell took charge of the campaigns to take Ireland in 1649 and Scotland in the following year. The Battle of Worcester in autumn of 1659 was won by the Parliamentarians, the result of which was the Commonwealth of England, Scotland and Ireland, with Cromwell holding the position of Lord General. By the end of 1653, he had himself into such a position of power that he became the Lord Protector. He was focused on constitutional reform, and although he rejected the crown after six weeks of soul-searching and agony, he fulfilled a role that was essentially similar to a monarch as he administered and controlled the government. Cromwell described his role as that of a watchman, but it was a position he was given for life. He actually only held it for five years, until his death in 1558, and he had the support of the army behind him. The only real challenge to his power was that to call a dissolved parliament, he would need a majority vote from the Council of State, a rule that is still in place today and which prevents a monarch from governing without the consent of parliament. So, why was Cromwell unpopular? Well, some of the parliamentarians disliked what they perceived as tyranny from the army, and his treatment of the Catholics in Ireland was brutal. His Puritan beliefs meant that he was in favour of a religious and simple way of life which was at odds with much of the ordinary populace. He advocated temperance and believed women and girls should be modestly dressed. He also banned Christmas decorations and celebrations, 
at a time when the holiday was growing in popularity and theatres were closed. Cromwell also left behind a remarkable death mask, a wax replica of which is now on display in the British Museum with another in the Discovery Museum in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. It was cast immediately after death and is remarkably lifelike, if you see what I mean. Cromwell received a lavish funeral after his death from septicemia, but sadly he didn't rest in peace. Three years later, his corpse was subjected to a series of grisly activities, including being executed with his head stuck on a spike and then displayed in various private collections. In later years, the authenticity of the head on shore was under much dispute, with many claiming it looked nothing like the disgraced ruler, which is hardly surprising. The mask was undoubtedly used to back up these claims, and eventually the head was reinterred with the rest of him in Westminster Abbey. I'm interested to know what you think of Cromwell. Was he uh, was he a baddie? Did he go too far or not? Anyway, thank you for listening. That's everything for today's episode. Please pop back next week for the final two episodes of season one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History Podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.